It is Friday, August 11th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. A rough start for Stroud. And a nice start for a couple of rookie wide receivers. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. CJ Stroud, not so great, but the Texans look good. 29 winners over the Patriots. The Seahawks took care of the Vikings 24-13. And Phil Mickelson, uh, not the best better. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Let's start with preseason football. I do want to touch on that Phil Mickelson story. Oh, uh, excerpts from Billy Walter's book coming out. Really interesting about lefty. But preseason action last night. Week one kicks off with the Texans and the Patriots. And our first look at second overall pick, C.J. Stroud. A.J., not a good NFL debut for Stroud. No, and I'm always cautious about uh, like making a big jump like on on one performance, two drives, whatever it is, it's the first time he's been on an NFL field. Like you're you're not supposed to go out there and and look like you're uh, you're Peyton Manning. That's that's just not realistic. So, uh, but he was not sharp. Threw an ugly interception. Uh, it just it wasn't able to move the offense. More disturbing is once Davis Mills and and Case Keenum took over, the offense looked a little bit better. But again, it's four throws. Like I, I think mm-hmm. the first the first four throws you make in an NFL preseason, if you're judged on that, it's it's pretty unfair. Yeah, he finished two for four, 13 yards. Here was Texans head coach D'Amico Ryan's on C.J. Stroud's night. Thought he moved around well. Was he went, went to the right place with the ball a couple of times, you know? And it was good to see him move out of the pocket and try to make some things happen there. We know we have some things to clean up up front. I don't want him having to move as much, but. We all have things to clean up and get better at, but I thought it was a a good first outing, good look at live action, so I thought it was good for him. Yeah, Stroud was pressured on 60% of the snaps that he played. Sounds like a lie, though, like what D'Amico Ryan said. Yeah, happy that he was moving around a little bit. Listen, you're trying to take positives away. Okay, I guess. You know, watching that replay over again, Tank Dell, who had a very nice NFL debut, he put put the defender in a blender. But the throw was underthrown, and he did not see the safety closing in. Uh, A veteran quarterback might have recognized the coverage there and seen a safety coming from over the top as he throws the interception. You mentioned Davis Mills took over 9 of 12, 99 yards, and a touchdown. That touchdown throw was to Tank Dell, and Tank Dell was the talk of the town after the game. The wide receiver from Houston, who's now playing for Houston, so the fans are certainly uh, aware of him. He finished with Five catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown. And everyone's talking about the circus catch for the touchdown. But McKenzie and I talked about this before the show. We were watching the the, the replay of it. It's actually a negative play. He dropped the ball. It was a good back shoulder throw that went through his hands. Now it popped up in the air, and he fell down to the ground and wound up securing it against his legs. Yeah, it was a circus touchdown catch. But, Mackenzie, you didn't watch that video and say, wow, great catch. You were like, oh, wow, he dropped it. No, yeah, if you're doing a rep in practice, that's a bad rep. That's a do-it-again type rep. I mean, it hit him in both of his hands. Yeah, it was, catch that. 
it was a good back shoulder throw by by uh, Davis Mills, and yeah, right through his hands, not good. Uh, but hey, he he comes away, and it's a touchdown in the stat sheet. So again, finishing five for sixty-five and a touchdown for Tank Dell for the Patriots. No Mac Jones. So it was the Bailey Zappi show, 12 of 14 for 79 yards for Zappi. And this is one of the things we talked about this yesterday, and I was like, man, maybe there's an edge for the Patriots because you assume both quarterbacks are going to be fighting for for reps, fighting for time, and, and trying to look their best. And the idea that Mac Jones didn't even take a snap, I mean, that that's why I don't bet the preseason because anything that I would think – because in my mind, Bailey Zappi took over for, for Mac mm-hmm. Jones when he struggled last year. There's no way you can feel like – Mac Jones doesn't need reps. Meanwhile, Bill Belichick, who knows a lot more about football than I do, uh, decided, yeah, Mac Jones doesn't need any reps. And uh, you got Bailey Zappi, who actually looked pretty sharp, looked pretty solid. And then you got Malik Cunningham and Trace McSorley. Uh, Had you told me Trace McSorley would be wearing a helmet last night, I would have said, ooh, bet against that team. Do we take anything negatively Away from this game, like from the Patriots side, I mean, you allow the Texans to just go up and down the field against you. And this is, you know, pretty much, you know, we saw a lot of the defenders play for New England, at least early on. But with no Mac Jones, it's hard to see what this new look offense is going to look like. Yeah, I agree. It's tough to take away anything. I don't think either offense was super impressive. Like it's a it was three about three yards of carry for, for both teams running the ball. Uh, you had 176 passing yards for the Texans, 86 for the, for the Patriots. But like you said, the Patriots didn't play their starting quarterback, so it's not apples to apples. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson didn't play for yeah. the Patriots, so a lot of it looked like they decided to rest a lot of their their top weapons. Yeah, and Belichick said that they had several offensive linemen that were dealing with injuries, so that's why the offense was not able to finish drives. And like I said, Trace McSorley played football last night, so <laughs> that's never a good sign. Well, we talked about Tank Dell and his performance in that game for the Texans and a couple other rookie wide receivers shining last night. Jackson Smith and Jigbo with three catches for 25 yards for the Seahawks. Jordan Addison, just one catch for 22 yards, though, for the Minnesota Vikings. And a lot of people, there was a catch that he also caught on the sidelines with his tiptoes in that they called incomplete. But when you watched it over again, he made the catch. Like, it was it was, it was a catch. I don't know what they were looking at, but whatever. Uh, a lot of people on Twitter last night, praising both wide receivers, and especially when you look at Jordan Addison, putting him on the other side of the field from arguably the best wide receiver in the league and Justin Jefferson, man, the Vikings got a little scarier on offense. Yeah, and you didn't even see uh, Kirk Cousins out there. So imagine what it looks like when he's out there, when they've got their their running game going. The, the Vikings offense can be really good. Now, we didn't see much of that last night. Obviously, Nick Mullins is Nick Mullins. And Jaron uh, Hall played. Late, yeah. yeah. But this is uh, – the the pieces are in place, and I think it was important to get Jordan Addison out there on the field and, and get a good look at him. And it, from what I saw, looked pretty nice. And Nikhil Harry got on the field as well. Former Patriots draft pick got onto the field. So congratulations, Nikhil Harry. Uh, and, and for Jackson Smith and Jigba – you already talk about a Seahawks receiving core that is probably up there. Like, where would you, Mackenzie, where would you rank the Seahawks receiving core am- amongst the best in the NFL? Are we talking top three? Only the Bengals come to mind as someone I was, I'd have above them. Bengals. Dolphins. Maybe, yeah, maybe the Dolphins with Waddle and, and, and Hill. But, top, top four. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, that's, that's as good of a top three as any in the NFL. 
And Smith and Jigba looked pretty good e- last Eagles night. Eagles are pretty good, too. Yeah, Eagles are good. Does PFF have a positional ranking? Uh, Where do they have I think wide they receivers? Do. Show me. The Seahawks have to be top four. 2023 NFL receiving core rankings. Let me guess. I'm going to go number one. They have. They're going to have Miami number one. Bengals one. Yeah, see, I was wrong. All right. So Bengals one. I'll go Bengals, Eagles, Dolphins is the top three. That is the top three. And what's the order? Who's two? Uh, Eagles two. Eagles two. Dolphins, Dolphins three. three. Okay. Now, if Seattle's not four, I think that's criminal. San Francisco 49ers. Wow. Really? Yep. So they're counting Kittle in that. So it's not a top yeah. three wide receiver list. It's a top uh, pass catcher okay. list. Okay. All right. And I guess you count McCaffrey in that too. Yep. Yeah. You know what? And that's a good point because McCaffrey's just is the best receiving running back while him and Austin Eckler. And yeah. And Kittle is better than any tight end that the Seahawks have. So. And then it goes uh, Dallas six, Minnesota seven. So it's and it says thanks thank Justin Jefferson for the Vikings ranking in the top ten outside of Jefferson. Minnesota has TJ Hawkinson at tight end, who's a viable option. But then it's KJ Osborne, Jalen Rager, and rookie Jordan Addison. Yeah. Well, so, I think people are gonna after they watch Jordan Addison here in the preseason, they're gonna be changing their opinion think so. on, on this kid. Uh overall, I'm gonna put this to you guys right now. We saw the game last night. All right, Seahawks, Vikings, whatever. It's preseason. Who has the better season this year? Who has more wins? Seahawks or Vikings? Interesting question. Vegas says Seattle by the thinnest of margins or over under is nine Vikings 8.7. That's why I asked. I would go. I if it's even money, like we're getting even, even money, money. Both sides. like a green button bet. I think I take the Vikings. I, I just trust Kirk Cousins more than Geno Smith. I've seen Geno Smith be good one time in the history of ever. Uh, I, I feel like I can trust Kirk Cousins a little bit more. And while I, I agree with basically everyone and everyone in in the analytics world that the Vikings were overrated last year. Mm-hmm. I th- like, it's not like the Vikings were bad. Like, I, I think people don't re- like, should the Vikings have won as many games as they did? Probably, no, they probably not. Probably sure, 10 or 11. They, they, st- of they were still yeah. a really good football team. So uh, like I heard Fez say the, Vi- the Vikings are an average football team. I just don't believe that. I, I don't believe average football teams are capable of winning 13. I'm worried games. about a couple of losses on the defensive side of the football. Right, but I still think their offense is just as good as any, as anyone, and I have them winning the division over the Lions. So I think they're at least a ten win football team, and I don't know if Seattle. Seattle's probably a nine win team. I don't know if they get to ten or eleven. Where do you stand, Mac? I'll go Seattle. I mean, just Vegas says like, what? what why? Why am I bucking this trend? I mean, the Vikings were twentieth by our aggregate power ratings. They should have won nine and a half instead of thirteen games by our fourth quarter win share. Uh, I know they're sexy. They play in a dome. They have the best offensive talent in the league and one guy in Justin Jefferson, but I don't know. I don't see it. I don't, I don't see why the, Why? Why am I bucking Vegas and saying Seattle's not going to be as good as Because that. we've never seen Geno Smith put together two seasons. I've never seen Kevin O'Connell put together two seasons. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Brand new world. Brand new world indeed. By the way, the odds for the offensive rookie of the year. Bijan Robinson's your favorite at plus 275. Bryce Young, your second favorite. Anthony Richardson, third. CJ Stroud, fourth. Jameer Gibbs, 10 to 1. And the first wide receiver is Jackson Smith and Jigwa of the Seahawks at 14 to 1. Jordan Addison is right behind him at 17 to 1. Preseason week one will continue tonight into the weekend as we'll kick things off tonight. Packers at the Bengals. Jordan Love will play for the Green Bay Packers. And, of course, Joe Burrow won't. Joe Burrow will not Not for play. a little while. 
yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals. The the, uh, the Bengals have to be careful because they, you need somebody to take snaps at quarterback. Joe Burrow's obviously not an option this entire preseason. Uh, I'm I'm curious what their what their depth chart uh, will look like tonight and really th- throughout this preseason. I wonder how many snaps they're going to give to the top guys. How many they're going to just basically count as throwaway reps. Mm-hmm. They have Trevor Simeon, Jake Browning. They signed Reed Sinet. Which means there's not going to be a single quality snap yeah. taken by a, a Bengals quarterback this preseason. But I, it, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see who, who how they divvy these up. Because if you – like, is there a, a better than zero chance that Joe Burrow's not available week one of the regular season? Yeah, I think there is. There's a good chance, yeah. So, you, like, you can't have Trevor Simeon get – as crazy as that sounds. I know. You have to protect Trevor Simeon. We must just protect Trevor – uh, Otherwise, they'll be calling Phillip Rivers. Yeah. Packers minus four and a half. What do you guys think about Packers minus two and a half in the first half? And what's the, what's yeah. your thought process here? Yeah, Jordan isolate Love. Jordan Love. Yeah. And the Bengals probably have the worst you know, second-string quarterback if they're protecting Trevor Simeon of any of these preseason teams. And I could see the Bengals treating this game kind of like the Texans did with C.J. Stroud. Okay, you ran your, you ran your two drives. Have a seat, friend. Uh, we'll we'll let these guys take over the rest. That wouldn't shock me. I, well, how much do you think Jordan Love plays? Does I think he play he, more than two series. I talked to the. You I listen to the does. GM. I think he plays the, like the whole first half, or We're at least about close. To that the first unit half. has to play well together. They have to yeah. grow together. Because uh, unlike the Texans, like the Packers have, like I don't want to say they don't have. Uh, I don't want to say they have expectations to like make the playoffs or anything. But I think the Packers really want to show that they didn't fall off the map by trading away Aaron Rodgers. That would that'd be really embarrassing. If the Packers trade away Aaron Rodgers, they become a last-place team. They can't, they get nothing out of Jordan Love. They have to start all the way over. That's that's egg on your face. They don't want to mm-hmm. do that. They really want to see what they've got with Jordan Love. They want to give Jordan Love the best chance to succeed this season. I actually like the way you're coming at this, Mac. All right, best bet. I'll yep. take it. Minus there two and a half. All right, we move on. The Giants are at the Lions. Giants are a three-point favorite in this game. And, AJ, you noticed uh, something in Giants-Lions joint practice this week. Oh, Panay Sewell uh, has a son. And his <laughs> son's name is Kayvon Thibodeau. Like, it was – he was giving him the business, it looked like, for most of these practices. So, uh, again, maybe I'm just seeing a, a few snippets online. I, I'm not at the full practice. I don't know. And it's not like Panay Sewell beating you if you're a defensive lineman is an embarrassing thing. He's really, really good. But, yeah, that's a uh, it, it's a tough look for, for Kayvon Thibodeau. And, you know, makes sense because of the joint practices. The Lions uh, and the Giants both can arrest most of their starters. I, I think that always happens. I mentioned it before. Whenever you have joint practices, the coaches see what they got to see from the starters in those joint practices. You don't run the risk of having them out there in the preseason game. The Falcons are at the Dolphins. Atlanta, minus two and a half. Not sure what the Falcons' plans are involving Desmond Ritter for tonight's game, but if he's on the field, I don't know if Xavier Howard's going to know who he is. Uh, At their joint practice the other day, uh, a a reporter asked Xavier Howard for his thoughts on Desmond Ritter. You know, because he's playing defense against them, right? The ones are going up against the ones. And Howard said, quote, Ritter? I'm sorry? (laughs) <laughs> and the reporter informed him like he's referring to like who he is. And he goes, quote, oh, oh I don't know who that is. I'm sorry. What number? Damn. And the reporter says, he's, he's number nine. Number and he goes, nine in your program. and Howard goes, oh, I don't know their names. I, I was looking at film. I, I wasn't like, I was just, I was just happy to go against them, but they did a good job. <laughs> Not knowing who the starting quarterback is. I mean, is that, is he serious? Is that disrespect? Is he playing a game or 
uh, is Desmond Ritter just not that noticeable? I think it's a dig. I think he's, I think it's a dig too. Yeah. I think it's a he knows what he's doing. Uh, it's trying to to get after a young player. Well, will we see Bijan Robinson make his debut tonight? Because I know a lot of people are excited about him, and that's kind of why I think there's probably some some people who are bullish on the Falcons. We just went over some of the top wide receivers in the Rookie of the Year rankings. McKenzie, where does Bijan Robinson sit in those Vegas odds? He's the favorite, plus two seventy five to be the first rookie running back to win Rookie of the Year since Saquon Barkley in twenty eighteen. He's the favorite, plus two seventy five. Who's the second favorite, and what's his number? Bryce Young, quarterback, plus four twenty. Okay. Mm. That's a big jump. That is a big jump. jump. And on their first unofficial depth chart, Robinson's third. They listed Cordaro Patterson number one and Tyler Algier's number two. I bet he has more rushes than Tyler Algier. I'm just going to – are we going to bet that right now? Oh, this season? (laughs) Yeah, I think think that's pretty fair. Uh, The Steelers are at the Bucs. We know that Baker Mayfield will start at this game for Tampa. Pittsburgh minus two and a half. But though in this game, despite the fact that you're getting Baker Mayfield at quarterback for Tampa. Yeah, again, I, I said this, and I'm no preseason betting expert, but I expect Tampa to be a team that I want to look at in the preseason because there's a real competition here. The idea that Baker's going to play this game, Kyle Trask is going to play the next game. Have we heard if Kyle Trask is going to get any snaps in this game, or is it like just Baker starting and it's it's his first half and then we'll see beyond that? Or are they going to like get the first half in one, second half in the other? Like, how's it going to work? We have odds on who's going to start week one. Mayfield the favorite at minus one fifty. Trask plus one ten. That's a real competition, like you said. I feel like you got to see both of them out yeah, there. I think you will. And all we know right now, all they've said is that Baker starts tonight, and then Kyle Trask starts next week. So they're not giving any indication about who's going to play more. They're just telling us, Todd Bowles at least, saying who's going to start each of these games. Uh, and speaking of starting, Kenny Pickett is going to be uh, taking action for the Steelers. And, and you're going to see a couple of Steelers starters on the field tonight. And I guess that's why they are road favorites in this game, because Mike Tomlin's going to play some of his starters. Yeah, this is. Uh, I, I guess this is sort of not unusual for Pittsburgh. So. Yep. Uh, and again, he's a, he's one of the guys, Kenny Pickett, do you feel like he's good enough that you just say, oh, sit down, relax, kid. We, mm-hmm. we, we know what you are. I feel like there's a lot of questions still about Kenny Pickett. So I, I think Mike Tomlin realizes we got to see what we got here. And kind of like the Packers, I don't think the Steelers are going into this season feeling like this is some sort of a rebuild year or like a, a down year for them. I feel like they're looking at it. They play in the toughest division in football, arguably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They look at it and say, you know, we need to compete in this division. The Commanders are at the Browns. Cleveland, a three-point favorite. We know Deshaun Watson will see playing time tonight. He'll start for the Browns. And hopefully the uh, the Commanders, like the, their coaching staff, takes it easy on them. Like, it's a, it's only week one of the preseason. We don't need any yelling. We don't need any bullying yeah. from the coach. Like, just, hey, this is, we're all buddies here. <laughs> the Broncos are at the Cardinals. Denver, a five-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Russell Wilson will get the start tonight. I said this on the Dream Pod it feels to me, and, and I know they, I got kind of poo-pooed because Fez and, and RJ pointed out that Sean Payton's basically been a coin flip in, in preseason history, but it feels like if there's ever been a time where like, you want to show that you're an upgrade, like it, he, he, Sean Payton, if after, after talking all the shit he did about Nathaniel Hackett, if he goes out there and loses 31 nothing to the worst team in the league, that's going to be a pretty bad look. Yep. So I, I expect him to go out there and, and do a good job. 
We move to Saturday where the Colts will take on the Bills. Anthony Richardson will make his NFL debut starting for the Colts. Both Richardson and Gardner Minshew are listed as co-starters on the unofficial depth chart. They put the or on it. Yeah, but Anthony Richardson is getting the start here against the Bills. Yeah, I, I've thought all along Anthony Richardson is a real project quarterback. Like it, It's going to take him some time. I do expect by the end of this thing that, that Gardner Minshew starts week one. But I think it's and I think making it even more difficult for Anthony Richardson to show up game one and, and actually be the starter is not having Jonathan Taylor. Like if you yeah. had the best running back in the league standing mm-hmm. behind you, take a little bit of pressure off that quarterback. Without him, I, I think you've almost got to go with the veteran, right? I think you do. Uh, but I think we'll, if you ask me who's going to play more, who's going to play more this season, it's Anthony Richardson. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think by the end of the season, that's the, because unless uh, here's the one if unless. Unless the Colts are competitive for the division. And I just talked about the AFC North being one of the toughest divisions in football. AFC South seems like one of the most winnable. Uh, The Jags have been good once in like the last five years. Uh, The Titans feel like they're plummeting. It doesn't take a lot for the Colts to jump up and have a good season, it feels like. So first quarterback to be benched out of the three rookies, Anthony Richardson, minus 150. Favorite, he has to start to be benched. But if he... He's the favorite to be first bench. Then C.J. Stroud, we talked about, plus 210. Bryce Young at plus 450. You see any of these guys, if they get the start, being taken out of the lineup? That's a tough question. I feel like fan base-wise, you, you want the opposite. Even if, if you, you start, start in week nine, you don't want them to take them out. I agree with that. Like That's why that's why it's such a risk to start them week one. Right. Because if, Where you, you, go from if you start them week one and you bench them week four, it's like, oof. This is not a good sign for the the rest of the season, or, or really for the rest of this guy's career. Yeah. For the Bills, Dalton Kincaid, the tight end, who has developed a nice little rapport with Josh Allen, sneaky, sneaky guy there, Dalton Kincaid, in terms of like fantasy football or whatever, uh, he's going to play for Buffalo in this one, so he'll make his debut as well. The Titans will take on the Bears, and Justin Fields is going to start for the Bears in this game, and according to the Bears, they kind of want him to develop a little chemistry with the offense, with his teammates, because I wouldn't play him out there. I I certainly feel like I wouldn't run the risk to Justin Fields at quarterback, but here's where I, where I disagree with you. I would play Justin Fields. I just wouldn't run him. Mm. I would say, Hey, Justin Fields for the preseason, you are a pocket passer. You don't have any, you don't have a green light. We want you to throw the football around (laughs) and, it may lead to some bad looks in the preseason. What are the odds on that Bears game? The Bears are three and a half point favorites over the Titans. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't know that I like the Bears as a favorite because I, I do think there will be limitations on on how how much risk you take with Justin Fields. I, and if he's not running, I, I don't want to pack the Bears. What do you guys make of Malik Willis being listed as the second string? Will Levis so, third? So the reports are, and this is why I like the Titans in this one, because the reports are that both Malik Willis and Will Levis are going to play a lot right. in this game. And I've mentioned this on the Dream Pod to RJ. When you have quarterback competitions for the backup job, you are going to get two guys that play in a preseason game harder than anybody because they're playing for their jobs. Yeah. And I know you say, oh, everyone's playing for their jobs. No, no, no. But these are like, this is realistic. This isn't like, oh, the fourth string running back's playing hard because he's trying to earn a spot on special teams. No, no, no. One of these guys is going to be the backup quarterback for this team. And they're both going to get every opportunity to earn that job. So I think we see Willis and Levis play play their asses off 
in this game tomorrow. So I like the Titans plus the points. I, I think I do too. The Jets are at the Panthers, and we will get our first look at Bryce Young, the number one overall pick for the Panthers. This is uh, this is going to be interesting to watch. And I've said if there's anybody, any of these top quarterbacks that were taken that I would want to handle with kid gloves, it's Bryce Young. And this guy is not really built for the NFL. I, I think he was the best player available, like of the quarterbacks that were available. I think he was the the most talented guy. But, man, any any reps that aren't for, for real life worry the hell out of me with Bryce Young because somebody gets one good shot on him, but I could, you could have a whole season of him sitting over on the sideline. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, for the Jets, the Panthers are three-and-a-half-point favorites. The Jets aren't going to play you know, the starters. We, we, we already knew that. And I, I think having Matt Corral uh, available for this game as well is big for the Panthers – because Matt Corral had kind of a, a wasted season last year, a wasted rookie year, just was hurt, unavailable all year, didn't get a chance to show what he could do. I think he's going to want to prove himself as well. So there's some, uh, I, I think there's some good, some sneaky value early on the Panthers. And speaking of Bryce Young, this is a side note, and and this is involving Anthony Richardson as well. Do you remember the Netflix show QB One? Yeah, where it followed a a, senior, a high school quarterback. It followed high school quarterbacks before they go to college, like in their final season. So three years ago, like, like or, or Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson were the subjects of the fourth season of QB1. And it followed them during their senior years of high school before they would go on to play football at Alabama and at Florida. And it was filmed, it was edited, and it was supposed to come out in 2020. But Netflix pulled the plug on it. So it never aired. Well, Tubi, which is a streaming service, bought the show and is airing the full season of QB1 with Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson. Nice. I think okay. that's I, – I, I will watch that. Yeah, it sounds I, interesting. At least we have – you know, we got guys that were that, that were interested in the number one and number four overall pick no in the NFL draft yeah. Yeah, in the same season. So, uh, good job, Tubi, whatever money they paid for it. Bad job, Netflix. Bad job. Uh, congrats to them. We got the Jaguars at the Cowboys. Jacksonville, a four-point favorite in this one. Yeah, it sounds like the the Jags are, and again, I, I, I get annoyed by this, sitting most of, playing most of. The Jags are in the playing most of their starters, though it's expected to be a series or two. But you will see some Calvin Ridley first game action yep. in a, almost two full years. Uh, remember he had a broken foot and then it was dealing with mental health and then suspended. So it's been a long time since we saw Calvin Ridley. Um, but we should see him. We should see a little Trevor. We should see some Christian Kirk. So uh, seeing all those guys on the field, that's another situation where I may want to look at the first half, uh, knowing that all those guys will be out on the field together. Yeah, and we'll, we will not see Dak Prescott. Uh, we will see Deuce Vaughn, though who's getting a lot of uh, highlights here during Cowboys training camp. This is also going to be the first look at the Cowboys offense run by Mike McCarthy. McCarthy's going to be calling plays from the sideline. Offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer up in the booth. Yeah. So he's, I, so I guess McCarthy's drawing the line, literally, the line in the sideline saying, hey, you go up there. I call the plays from down here. I like a lot about this Dallas Cowboys team coming into the season. But you don't like McCarthy calling I, the plays. I don't like that. I don't like McCarthy being the coach, but <laughs> I definitely don't like him being the head coach and calling the plays. Uh, the Eagles are at the Ravens, and no Lamar Jackson for the Baltimore Ravens in this one against Philly. Yeah, and there's been a massive line moon based, based on this uh, information, right, Mac? Yeah, Ravens were minus six. Now they're only favored by four and a half. 
here's what I say. Here's what I believe about this. That move right there, I think we, there's been an overreaction to like it, there's we talked about this on the Dream Pod. Nobody wants to bet against the Ravens because they've won 23 straight preseason. Games. I, can you blame them? Like, do you guys want to bet against the Ravens? Not particularly. No. <laughs> so it, my, the thought is though, the number kept pushing and pushing and pushing, got all the way to six. Now it's like, oh, that's that's too rich for my blood. Now the announcement comes: Lamar Jackson will not play in the preseason game. It drops off a point and a half, two points in some places, right? There's fours available. Yep. Yes, there are. Uh, here's the the news flash. The last, the last time Lamar Jackson threw more than four passes in an entire preseason for the Ravens was 2019. Mm-hmm. He, he, didn't, he took zero snaps in the preseason last year, only had four pass attempts in 2021's preseason. I, I'm not shocked at all that Lamar Jackson's no. not playing in this game. And if you're, if you're making a decision to bet against the Ravens based on that, I got news for you. It's probably the wrong decision. I think I'm going to look at the value that's come back now on the Ravens. Now I can buy low. If I can find a four, I think I'm going to. I, I might have a bet on preseason mm-hmm, mm-hmm. since I lost a hundred bucks to RJ, my, like my <laughs> first week here. But man, that does feel like it's got some sense to it, right? Yeah, and we talk about the initial move. It opened up at three, bet up to six. A lot of those bets weren't sharp. You know, a lot of those bets were followers. But those initial bets made a lot of sense that they should be favored by more than a field goal, considering they haven't lost in half a decade. In the preseason, Nick Sirianni was non-committal on whether or not the Eagles starters will play. He said, "Quote: We're still figuring it out. I don't have to make a decision quite yet. We'll see. We'll talk through everything, and we're still talking through it." If you look back at last year, Jalen Hurts played the preseason opener against the Jets. He only played the opening drive. He completed all six of his passes, eighty yards and a touchdown, and that was the only action he saw the entire preseason. So if he follows the same pattern that he did last year, we'll see Jalen Hurts in this game, and then we won't see him again in the preseason. Uh, Ravens, four-and-a-half-point favorites. Chargers are at the Rams. That concludes the Saturday night schedule. Rams, three-point favorites over A.J.'s Chargers. This is interesting to me because the Rams are – does anybody have any clue what the Rams are going to be this season? Does anybody have any – like, you, the Rams are a bunch of rookies. Like, they are – their whole team is almost all rookies and undrafted guys. They, I think everybody competes, but I don't know if everybody's good. Yeah. So, I, I think they're – like, they're going to take these – every rep is going to be taken very seriously for the Rams all preseason. Again, I don't know how many starters are, char- are, are uh, going for the Chargers, but – the, the Rams are a team that I don't, even though they, they're not very talented, I don't want to fade them because I do believe everybody's out there fighting for a job. Well, here's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to seeing Stetson Bennett. You know, the, the 25-year-old rookie. I'm looking forward to see Stetson Bennett I actually play am for the too. Rams. And it's funny, two years ago I was like, Stetson Bennett is, is going to be selling insurance when he's done playing football <laughs> at Georgia. And now here he is in the NFL, and I, like, I hope he has success. I'm a big fan of his. I, I hope he does well. I didn't expect him to, but I hope he does well. Just two games on Sunday. The Chiefs at the Saints will be the early kickoff. New Orleans a three-point favorite in this one. And we haven't gotten a report yet on Patrick Mahomes as far as uh, how much he's going to play in this game. But last year, I mean, Mahomes played in the first preseason game. He played in the second preseason game. So Andy Reid not shy about putting his guy out there to get some reps. Yeah, RJ mentioned this on the Dream Pod, and I was I was surprised at the numbers. I think it was 19 pass attempts in week one last year of the preseason. Like, 
that's shocking to me for a guy who's as established as Patrick Mahomes is. So uh, Andy Reid, uh, RJ said it. He's an old school guy. Mm-hmm. He's he's not giving his guys the preseason off. You're gonna go out there. You're gonna you're gonna run the offense, get some reps. Uh, kind of makes me like the Chiefs in in the first half. Chiefs early. I, I would do that. Yep. Mahomes has started each preseason opener since becoming the starter in 2018. So what's the first half line in this one? Because I, I like that AJ. I'd go Chiefs first half. I don't know if you can bet quarters or if the quarters don't come out till maybe the day of the game. We're looking at one and a half, split down the middle. Yeah, I would go Chiefs early and then Saints for the game. How about a double result? Chiefs first half, Saints full game. What's the Chiefs money line in the first half? Plus 120, the Saints are a favorite. Man, I think I, like, I'm getting a point and a half with Patrick Mahomes likely to play early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that feels good to me. I, I, I think I like I, I would lean to the Chiefs. Uh, catching catching anything. Yeah, Ty uh, gets you to the window. I like it. Yeah. Do you know who this year's backup is to Patrick Mahomes? Hmm. Tyler Thigpen. <laughs> Brody Croyle. No, Elvis I, Garback. I, I don't know. Keep Joe going. Montana. Keep going. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was Chad Henney for a while. Keep yeah. going. You'll uh, never Matt Nagy? Does he do like Matt, OC Matt Nagy, slash backup he, he quarterback is the role? Coordinator, <laughs> like, we're which by the way, pay a little extra. <laughs> watching that uh quarterback series, you know, uh-huh. um it seemed like Mahomes talked to Nagy a lot more than he talked to Eric Bieniemy. So the idea that like, oh, the Chiefs are are gonna be without Eric Bieniemy for the first time under with Patrick Mahomes, like he lost his offensive coordinator. I think he's got. A, he had a much better. This is just me speculating based on what the, I saw on the show. It seemed like he had a much better relationship with Matt Nagy, and now that Nagy's back, or last year he was back, his first year back, and now he's taking over as the offensive coordinator. I don't think they skip a beat because it seemed like anytime he went over to the sideline, he was talking to Nagy about the plays more so than Bieniemy. Okay, the OC is going to be more of a disciplinarian. Like, who's Aaron Rodgers' favorite? Coach of all time is it the guy calling the plays that you know all the pressure was on like Matt Lafleur and uh, Mike McCarthy? No, his favorite guy is Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. there's no pressure, there's no edge, there's no like disagreements. It's your quarterback's coach. It's just like your guy. By the way, Blaine Gabbert is the backup to Patrick Mahomes. You know, uh, the one and only. Uh, this is a a true fact, and this is why I understand why running backs are pissed off. Blaine Gabbert's made over twenty five million dollars in his NFL career. Like is that <laughs> nice? If that doesn't blow your mind, I, I don't. I don't know what will. Blaine Gabbert has been in the league. What was it? I think his rookie year was like twenty eleven or something like. It's been a long. I guess. Yep, twenty eleven. It's been a long time. Twenty eleven. He's made over twenty five million dollars. He's never been good at football. <laughs> never. In one year. Uh, and Shane Bichelle, third stringer. So we might see the SMU quarterback. Uh, take some snaps here for the Kansas City Chiefs. And the final preseason game of week one of the preseason, Sunday night, the 49ers here in Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. Jimmy Garoppolo was uh, very excited about the joint practices that they had this week, talked about how much he missed his brothers on the 49ers, had a lot of fun practicing against them. And for San Francisco, Right now, they're four-point favorites in this game, and this goes to my backup quarterback battle theory. You got two guys in Trey Lance and Sam Darnold that are going to play above and beyond to try and win this job, maybe even win a starting job if Brock Purdy has any type of setback. So 
I'm going with the 49ers. I'll probably have the 49ers in every preseason game unless I find out that both Trey Lance and Sam Darnold aren't playing. Are the 49ers typically pretty uh, strong in the preseason under Shanahan? 10 and 8 straight up, 9, 8, and 1 ATS. That is the perfect preseason record. You're not pressing too hard, <laughs> but you're winning. I had a feeling you'd say something like that. <laughs> Definitely not a, uh, a knock. So. There was an interesting report, though, yesterday coming from the uh, Raiders facility uh, because the Raiders and Niners had the joint practice, and it was that Trey Lance got more second-team reps than Sam Darnold. He took 19 snaps with the second team. Brock Purdy took all of the first-team reps. But Trey Lance, not Sam Darnold, got the bulk of the reps. 19 snaps for Lance, 9 for for Sam Darnold. I'll be honest, that doesn't surprise me because I still think there's – there are people in that front office in San Francisco who would still like to see something come out of that Trey Lance investment. Like, it's – it's hard to just walk away from something like that. And it, it, they feel like if there's any juice left in this, we've got to squeeze it. So to, I'm not surprised to see Trey Lance getting a, a, a more in-depth look this preseason than Sam Darnold. You guys might think I'm crazy, and I probably have been in my Trey Lance appreciation in the past. But the last 10 days of hype, what he's doing at practice, <laughs> it has me excited. I have to be, I have to be honest. I think I'm going to win that bet as far as uh, over-under six starts for Trey Lance in 2024. That I have with RJ. He, look, ever, he looks good. Are you like are you cheering for a Brock Purdy elbow injury? I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't like <laughs> I wouldn't mind it to see him out there. Now, he looks good. You wouldn't mind that for the purpose of your bet, or you no, wouldn't the bet's mind for that twenty twenty four. The bet's for right. next season. But oh, if he but, but, but if he does get starts, it would help a potential trade. Oh yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah, that's true. No, everybody stay healthy. I don't want anybody to get it. <laughs> he looks good. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time. For no additional charge, find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, 
Are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Kind of a football-related story, maybe. It's it's football gambling. Uh, so <laughs> Bill, The Billy Walters book. Comes out soon, uh, August 22nd. And for those of you who don't know, Billy Walters, one of the more uh, renowned sports bettors of all I, time. I think the most renowned. Yeah, the most. Like I think so. Or am I wrong, McKenzie? You no, know, I think you're right. He's the OG. Yeah, like multi-million. You know, it's just he's the guy, the syndicates, the systems, the moving of the lines. He started it all. Built a link style golf course out here by Las Vegas High School that they're now turning into apartments. It's unfortunate. Really? What's link style again? It's like, like Scottish? Yeah, like, <laughs> with, no, no with no trees. Lots, okay, of, okay. lots of open land. Yeah, I like you, that. You could shank it and then play it from the other hole. I, I've never played it, but it sounds like the ideal golf course right. for my game. <laughs> yeah. anyway, long. Uh, in the Billy Walters book, he talks about his relationship and partnership with Phil Mickelson because they had a gambling partnership. And also, Mickelson was involved in the uh, insider trading scandal that sent Billy Walters to prison. So he talks about Mickelson a bunch in his book. And in the book, he says Mickelson wagered more than $1 billion over the last 30 years. And he also wanted to bet $400,000 on the 2012 Ryder Cup while he was playing in that Ryder Cup for Team USA. That's the the headline of the story. Lots of pro athletes, lots of millionaires lose tons of money sports betting. Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley. Yeah, the list goes on and on. But the idea that he was trying to get down on a Ryder Cup that he was playing in, if true, is a pretty wild Mickelson story. Mickelson denied it. He said, quote, while it's well known that I always enjoy a friendly wager on the course. Friendly. I would never, $33 million a year, last 30 years. I would never Very undermine the integrity of the game. So he released a statement denying that. Uh, but there are a lot of interesting excerpts from this book. Um, he talked to Billy Walters, talked about he ended his partnership with Mickelson in 2014. It was two years later that Billy Walters was indicted on the insider trading case. And it was because of stock tips that he allegedly gave to Phil Mickelson. Mickelson was never charged with anything, but he did have to pay back a million dollars that he made off of that stock deal. Yet Billy Walters went to prison. Yeah, and I think maybe you've got a uh, a scorned uh, ex-business partner here. It Billy could Walters. be. It could be because Mickelson refused to testify on Billy Walters' behalf. And so Walters is upset about that. So maybe he's just blowing up Mickelson's spot here because he didn't do him a solid back then. Uh, Walters said that Mickelson had a couple of offshore betting accounts, limits of $400,000 on each college and the NFL. And he was betting $110,000 to win $100,000 and $220,000 to win $200,000. Those were over 2,000 bets between the two of them, right? Now, listen, good odds, right? Mickelson's betting minus 110s. 
Yeah. He's not he's not laying the juice. No, he's, a, he's just a regular guy. Yeah. Just a regular guy like I mean, us. Maybe he's getting more, more. Maybe he's getting CLV. I don't know. You think favorites or dogs? Like uh, you think? Oh, uh, the, what uh, he, what, the point spreads? Unders or overs? What do you think his favorite was? You know, if he's going with Billy Walters, he's probably playing dogs. But uh, now, yeah, but if he's losing with Billy Walters, no, I don't know. Here, it says, <laughs> Mickelson in 2011 made 3,154 bets for the year. And on one day, June 22nd, placed 43 bets on Major League Baseball games, rookie numbers, that resulted in $143,500 in losses. Jeez. Where are these numbers coming from? This is like, did his tax accountant write this book? No, like, Billy <laughs> Walters, keep, he kept, he right. kept records. And we all because wonder. Because they were betting, he was, they were betting together, like he was betting with him. And we all wonder. I guess that's why, why he's, the, he's the man. Yeah. Keeps we, that track of that shit. We all wonder why Phil took the live money. Yeah. There's your answer. <laughs> he was out. He needed it. Let me ask you. are going to take my thumbs. If you can make 43 bets in one day on one sport, what would it be? Like, what would you do? It's college basketball. Just bet all every game on the board? Yeah, I'd be like that one things. guy and just I'd be like, I've got an over of four, one, 119 and a half. <laughs> I make it 117 and a half. Yeah, like, you bet every game, every game. on the board. Mackenzie, what would you do? Uh, NBA. I'd pick a closely lined game and just bet every time they become a dog 43 times. But you got to remember, there wasn't live betting back then. Ah, uh, that's true. Yeah, 2011. Like, like, is this he- is all sides and totals is my guess. He placed 7,065 bets on football, basketball, and baseball. Well, at least he's not dipping into, like, soccer or anything like that. Man, uh, it's tough to find 43 edges in a day. <laughs> well, that's why that's he wasn't why very he good. Yeah. Walter <laughs> said, he usually found about 19 a day. <laughs> the, 20, the other 24, not so much. Walter said, quote, Based on our relationship and what I've since learned from others, Phil's gambling losses approached not $40 million, as has been previously reported, but much closer to... To a hundred million dollars in all, he wagered a total of more than one billion dollars during the past three decades. The only other person I know who surpassed that kind of volume is me. (laughs) 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 Imagine that, Billy Walters. I mean, yeah, it's believable. Billy Walters has been over a billion dollars over a thirty-year span. Uh, This is just wild. it says here, Mickelson, he had an interview with Sports Illustrated last year. He um, referred to his gambling reaching a point of being reckless and embarrassing. Um, yeah, you're right. He probably took the live money because of all this gambling. I mean, this is crazy. And all this stuff. The, the, look, him betting on all the football and the baseball, I don't think it m- means much. The The alleged gambling on the Ryder Cup while he's playing in the Ryder Cup. That's the stuff that can get you in trouble. But allegedly, he I, what I saw was he tried to get down on it. Uh, okay, I, I didn't see he got down on it. So yeah. to me, it may, maybe there's no story here if he didn't get anything down. Well, yeah, I'm sure there will be more when the book comes out. I'm sure RJ will be all over it. He'll probably read it cover to cover in the first weekend. You know, uh, as soon as that comes out. So if you if you're looking to hear from RJ from August 22nd to the 23rd, 24th, you probably won't because he'll be uh, buried. With that, with the Billy Walters book. Updating the story with uh, more gambling investigations. This is uh, with the Iowa State situation. Remember a couple of weeks ago, it was Hunter Deckers, the quarterback who left the team after he was involved in um, illegal gambling. And now more Iowa State players are involved, including starting running back Jarrell Brock, who, according to the, the reports here, Brock made 1,327 online wagers, totaling more than $12,000 under a DraftKings account associated 
with a non-athlete, and his wagers included three games in which he participated last season against Iowa, Kansas State, and Texas Tech. Any word on for or against? No. We haven't seen that's that's been kind of the thing that's been hard to find. Yeah. Uh, but like people say, well, if you weren't betting if you if if you were betting on your team, it means there were other games you weren't. Uh, but it, it could just mean like, no, Iowa State lost last week, and I lost my bankroll, so I didn't have any money to bet <laughs> yeah. this week. Yeah, I don't know uh, how sophisticated these betting syndicates were exactly. Now, because yeah. has the win total moved? Because the win total moved down with Hunter Decker's the right. quarterback being out. Has it moved after uh, a report after this report comes out? No, it hasn't. So it was five and a half before the Decker news, then it moved to about four point eight under five minus one thirty. That's where it is right now. Yeah, and I I actually understand that because Brock's been actually away from the team. He's been held out of Iowa State's preseason practices for undisclosed reasons. I think those reasons just got disclosed. I talked to <laughs> I talked to someone who's in the uh, in the. I guess we can say I, I talked to Matt Holt from from US, yeah, friend of the show, yeah, U.S. Integrity, U.S. Integrity, shout out Matty. And he was saying that it's just rampant in in these college programs. Like, and these guys are just they're just not very smart about it. It's it's not like they're. Uh, they're having to dig real deep to find this stuff. It's just guys making bonehead choices. Yeah, and I don't think this is the end of it. You know, okay, this is a sting that happened in Iowa. So you have players from Iowa State, players from Iowa that are being charged with uh, involved in the, the investigation of the sports wagering. But it only takes another state to start an investigation, and we yep. start finding out about more collegiate athletes. And I'll say the same thing that I said when the first story came out. Nick Saban's going to make sure that sports betting never becomes legal in the state of Alabama. Why is that? Because none, so none of his players ever get in trouble. No distractions. Is it, isn't Tommy Tuberville a senator in Alabama? I think he mm. is, yes. Is Former it, is Auburn it, coach. Yeah. What if he pushes through sports betting to get Alabama to, in trouble? Just to screw no. over Alabama. No, because Auburn players will get in trouble then, too. Yeah, but the, Auburn's not going to win anything anyway. Like, <laughs> uh, Auburn, uh, the Auburn fan celebration is Alabama didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, UAB players are like, we just want to bet. (laughs) Another exciting weekend of Major League Baseball action is upon us. And let's take a look at the standings before we get here into this weekend's action. The most uh, important races that are heating up right now. The Mariners, only a game and a half back of the Blue Jays for the third wild card in the American League. Red Sox, four games back. Yankees, five games back. Angels, six and a half. The Phillies have overtaken the Giants for the first wild card. They are comfortably ahead, a game and a half up on the Giants for that first wild card. The Cubs and the Reds are a half game back of the Marlins for the third wild card. Diamondbacks two and a half games back. Padres four and a half games back. Not dead yet. The Orioles have a three-game lead over the Rays in the AL East. The Twins a a three-and-a-half game lead over the Guardians in the Central. The Rangers, a a two-and-a-half game lead over the Astros in the West. And the NL Central, the Brewers, two-and-a-half games up on the Cubs and the Reds. So here's what's going down tonight. Guardians at the Rays. Xavion Curry gets the start for the Guardians. Aaron Savali, former Guardian, going to pitch for the Rays against his former team. Tampa Bay minus 205. You got a guy pitching against his former team. Do the Guardians have the edge because they know him? Or does Savali have the edge Savali because he has knows the, the weakness of the players? No, Savali has the edge because the Guardians can't hit for shit. Mm. 
a good edge to have. That's a good edge. Yankees are at the Marlins. Jesus Lazaro goes for Miami. Not sure what the Yankees are going to do with their rotation. They're pitching just a yet. bat boy tonight. I, well, I mean, everyone's just hurt, you know. So uh, we'll see what they do with their situation just yet. Overnight line has the Marlins as a favorite, but I'm sure once the Yankees announce their pitcher, the the odds could change. Uh, moving on, we got the Twins at the Phillies. The Phillies, who are red hot, winners of two straight. Well, they got the no-hitter, and then they won yesterday after the no-hitter. So That's still two straight. That's still two straight. Christopher Sanchez gets the start for Philly. Dallas Keuchel, his second start for the Minnesota Twins. The did first that game, start was pretty good. Did the game uh, yesterday go under? That's what we were talking By about. By one run. Ah, Six nice. to two. Nice. I actually took the over in that game and lost. We talked about on SOV taking the under. It was six to two. <laughs> they can two, lead a horse to water. The two teams. Oh. The two. It was nine. So I missed it by one run. The two teams combined, two for twenty three with runners in scoring position. Ooh, not good. I couldn't just get like three for twenty three and drive in that one more run. All the hitters were out partying after the no hitter. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? The Phillies hit three home runs last <laughs> night. Uh, the A's are at the Nationals. Paul Blackburn gets a start for the A's. Yoan Adon who was the greatest fade in Major League Baseball last year, made his 2023 debut last week for the Nationals and literally was perfect through the first five innings and then gave up three runs in the sixth. And Are I was you a like, believer? I was like, ah, there's Joanna Doan. The three runs in the sixth inning. There he is. So you're betting on him first five this time. This time. I'm not. I might go first five hundred <laughs> to be honest with you. Who knows? Paul Blackburn though has looked good for the A's. It's an even spread between these two teams. Reds are at the Pirates. Andrew Abbott goes for Cincinnati. Johan Oviedo for Pittsburgh. Cincinnati's minus one twenty five. Cubs are at the Blue Jays. The Cubs making an interesting move with their uh, rotation. So Javier Assad is going to get the start here as he is uh, pushed up into the rotation, and the Cubs have sent the struggling Drew Smiley into the bullpen. And Drew Smiley was strong early in the season. It's, it's gone downhill for him and Stroman, really, right? Well, maybe why Stroman's on the aisle. Yeah, you know, maybe that's Take some time and get it. right. But, yeah, two, two guys who were strong for them yeah. early. It's, it's a surprise almost that the Cubs are playing so well. Yeah considering they've had some pitching problems. Jose Barrios goes for the Blue Jays. Toronto's minus 160. Braves are at the Mets. Charlie Morton for Atlanta. Tyler McGill goes for the Mets. Atlanta's minus 170 on the road. Tigers at the Red Sox. Tariq Skubal on the mound for the Tigers. Chris Sale goes for Boston. Boston's minus 160. And Sale is going to be limited to about four innings because this is his return from the IL. So, if we look at any pitching props on Chris Sale, we need to be looking at unders. Now, the strikeout total, very low, four and a half. They know. They know he's only going to go four innings. So does he get to five strikeouts before four innings? I certainly would not bet the over. Yeah, and Scooble's another guy who is is not going deep into games. But if you look back, his last six starts, uh, he's only allowed – one earned run like it, it yeah. like he's he's had four of those those six starts he's allowed zero runs mm -hmm. so he's done a oh, really I like good the job. Tigers in this one because I, I we we, too. we know Chris Sale's only going to go four innings so it's Tariq Skubal against the Red Sox bullpen so give me the Tigers at a plus money price here uh we can get the Tigers right now up on DraftKings at plus 136 here's the the worry about Skubal though his his inning count 
four, 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 five, four and two thirds, mm. five and a third. He's not pitching much either. So maybe it's just who do you like better in the first five? Like, do you trust Tariq Skubal right now more than Chris Sale? I yes, think I, I do. do. Yeah, I do. Uh, Angels are at the Astros. Reed Detmer goes for the Angels. Justin Verlander for the Astros. Houston minus 195. I think Verlander likes pitching in Houston. You know, this is his first start in Houston since being acquired by the Astros. Yeah. You like him? I think you have to. I, I think, think the so crowd so. is going to the crowd's going to just erupt when he runs onto the field for this start. The Brewers and Otani takes him deep in the first inning. Oh, no. Uh, the Brewers are at the White Sox. Corbin Burns for Milwaukee. Michael Kopech goes for Chicago. Milwaukee's minus 170. Cardinals at the Royals. Adam Wainwright against uh, Dylan Coleman. Might go over in this one, uh, Wainwright and Coleman. You got the Padres at the Diamondbacks. Blake Snell pitching for the Cy Young. Ryan Nelson on the mound for Arizona. San Diego's minus 165. I go San Diego first five. Backing Blake Snell in this one. Orioles at the Mariners. Uh, Gibson's on the mound for the Orioles. Luis Castillo for Seattle. Seattle's minus 135. Rockies at the Dodgers. Lance Lynn for L.A. Austin Gomber for Colorado. L.A.'s minus 335. And then the Rangers at the Giants. John Gray for Texas. Going up against Scott Alexander for San Francisco. Texas minus 115 on the road. There is some action in the UFC this weekend. Listen, it's not a great card. It's an ugly card on paper. But what are you going to do? We got we got to bet on something. Let's bet on these fights. And I'll go for my best bet. I'll go to the co-main event between Hakeem Dawadu and Cub Swanson. I'm going to go over two and a half rounds, minus 120. This should be a pure kickboxing match. And kind of like Bahamundas and Klein last weekend, when it's a pure kickboxing match, those fights often turn into decision wins. When there isn't a real threat of takedowns, both guys can settle into a little bit of a comfort zone and just play the game that they're comfortable with. That could be the case here. Swanson's chin is certainly shakier than it was early in his career, and Dawadu can crack, but it, he's almost exclusively a counterpuncher. He lets his opponent control the tempo. Seven of his nine UFC fights have gone the distance. One of the two that didn't was a submission loss. I think this one sails over the total, so I'll go Swanson, Dawadu, over two and a half rounds in the main event. Make sure you guys head to pregame.com and take advantage of the weekend packages we have. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you can get a weekend all-access from your favorite pregame pro, or maybe you just want a best bet, a daily best bet. Go ahead, choose your pregame pro. We got NFL preseason action. We got baseball action. It's a busy weekend. The fall is fast approaching. Football is here. You can also... Do a season-long subscription package for your favorite pregame pro for college football and the NFL. Football packages are up right now on pregame.com, and you can take 20% off using our promo code NOX20. NOX20, like hard knocks? NOX20 gets you 20% off at pregame.com. For Mackenzie Rivers and A.J. Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.